Calgary football fans. This is your quarterback, the Bo Show with Bo Levi Mitchell on Sportsnet 960. Brought to you by SML Entertainment. What's going on, everybody? We are live here from Lexington, Calgary. Uh, we're going to talk a little CFL starting off because, uh, I mean, there's just too many storylines to go around right now. Um, the East is tight. The West is tight. Uh, it's going to come down to a, a crazy last couple games. Um, something I'm looking forward to. Um, I know everybody's talking we have we have one game. we got to win or tie basically to clinch the West, but uh, that's really not in our thought process right now. Really, we're just looking to, really to get better going into playoffs, kind of find that identity going into, uh, you know, what's the most important part of the season. Um, but man, SAS, Winnipeg, BC, Edmonton, um, so many different ways things could really play out right now. Uh, I don't know if you know the scenarios off the top of your head. I mean, I'm looking at, I know Winnipeg can win the last two and SAS lose the last two and Winnipeg can clinch the, the home field. Well, you want to know the entire, like the entire, everything is other than you guys who basically you win once more and you're in and you clinch the West, everything else is up for grabs. Other than Saskatchewan can't miss, so Saskatchewan yes, is Saskatchewan's in guaranteed playoffs. Yeah, any one of the four teams underneath you guys can clinch second mathematically. Edmonton still has mathematical life to be able to to clinch it, but it's very unlikely they would get that far. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's everybody has an opportunity to finish second. Everybody has an opportunity to host a game, but obviously Saskatchewan has the leg up because they've clinched. Then Winnipeg and BC are in a better spot than Edmonton. But yeah, it's all very much up for grabs right now. So even Saskatchewan, who looks primed to host, could be the team that crosses over in theory. They they are still absolutely <laughs> potentially. They still have team. the ability to cross over. Yep. Wow. So I'm looking at that because. Um, so then, who plays Sask in their last game? Well, let's pull it up. Because like Edmonton could technically win their last two and go ten and eight. Sask could lose their last two, go ten and eight. Sask. Last week Saskatchewan's on bye. Sask Riders plays before BC. Calgary, BC, and then bye. Yeah. They go Calgary, BC, us. Yeah. Or bye. You, yeah. BC, then bye. Yeah, so technically, I mean, Winnipeg could lock up home field. I don't know. If, can BC jump Sask? Yeah, they play them. They beat that, you win that game. They beat you the last week of the year, and they'd have to win against Edmonton this week. Oh, okay, yeah. There you go. There's six points right there. That's yeah. a, that makes for some uh, some good TV and some good football down the stretch. I mean, definitely the most interesting has been, man, I mean, I've, I've, this is my seventh year. Um as far as all five teams in the West being competing for a playoff spot, I mean, this is as, as interesting as it's been. It's going to, you know, create some great TV, some great football. Uh, but I'm excited, man. Even in the East, you got Ottawa and Hamilton. They've got a uh, home and home, if I'm not mistaken. They got yeah, a back to back this week. Wow, against yeah. each other. Um, so aside from Montreal, Toronto, Toronto, you got seven of the nine teams in the league that absolutely have everything to play for. Yeah, it is. And and here's the thing, like. I think this year shapes up for one of the most interesting final three weeks of the year because you're talking about all four of those teams in the West still fighting for their playoff lives. Plus, there is zero incentive to cross over to the East this year. Zero. Because yeah. I don't think you it's want to It's not like go. it's been in the past. Exactly. Because yeah. both Ottawa and Hamilton are as good as BC, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, or Edmonton right now. So you don't want to have to go on the road once, maybe twice, into tough buildings to play and have to travel cross-country to get there. So you are fighting for home field in the West Division. You are fighting not to cross. Like you want to finish as high up as you possibly can right now. So there is no incentive whatsoever to rest guys or to ease 
he's back or anything. So I think it's going to be an outstanding finish this year. The same is true with both Ottawa and Hamilton. And then I believe Ottawa's got Montreal and Hamilton's got Toronto to finish the year or vice versa. But they both have. Right. Each yeah, team basically East versus East battles. and West versus West yeah. here on out. Um, wow. Yeah, man, I mean, I'm I'm interested. But the the fun part about it, and let, let's let the uh, – the fans out there texting your, you know, your thoughts nine six zero nine six zero. What's the predictions then? That's every I, week. It's going to change. No, no, but I want predictions right now. We got you know three weeks left. Some teams right. have two. Some teams have three. Call your shot. I'll, I'll, I'll go first to give you some guys some time to think. Um, so basically, I mean, we need a win, a tie, or at some point a Saskatchewan loss mm-hmm. to, or they tie somebody. Um, to clinch the West. I mean, I, I'm, I'm obviously going to be in our corner. I'm going to say that we clinch. Um, but like you said, we're not going to sit. You know, I think guys are going to play all the way through, um, you know, continue to try to find our stride going through. So uh, I'm going to say we clinch, which which means we have to beat either Sask, Winnipeg, or BC. So I have to give one of those teams a loss. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna do it this week. You know, give Sask a loss, puts them at 10-7. Uh, Winnipeg has Edmonton or BC. But they've been playing hot, so whichever team they have out of those two, uh, I'm going to give them. Oh, they could be. They could actually be on a bye. They Bombers have, are on bye. They have they've a, yeah. got, Then they've got you, and they've got Edmonton. And then we got us, so and then bye Edmonton. Week stamps. So in they end in Edmonton. Yeah, in Edmonton. Um, Boy, that could be a game, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean the way the way they're playing and and, and coming off a of bye too, I'm going to say they're going to be you know they're going to be tough even against us in two weeks. Um, but I'm going to give I'm going to actually give them. That's tough, man. That's tough between Sask and Winnipeg because Sask has the season series, two one, right? They took yes. they took both in Labor Day, I believe. Sask took both Labor Day games. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. They blew them out the first game, and then it was a close game the second game in Winnipeg. Yeah. So I'm gonna say they end up tying eleven and seven. And Sask gets the tiebreak. And Sask takes tiebreaker. Um, wow. And then you've got basically BC and and uh, Edmonton fighting for those last two spots and technically BC could could go 11 and 7. I'll yep. say this, if somehow BC gets home field, go look at that home record. Yeah. They're 6 and 1 and if they can and they've been one of the better teams of the second half, uh if you find a way to somehow get that West semi at BC place, why not? Now that it's going to take a lot, but they've got another game in hand on everyone else in the race and uh they're going to need some help with Saskatchewan, but I'm telling you that that would be intriguing. They, they are the best home team, not named name the Stampeders in the league this year. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I mean, I don't know if it works out mathematically. I'm gonna say it goes us. It's almost exactly how it is. I'm gonna say it goes us, Sass, Winnipeg, BC, and then Edmonton would cross over. I know BC. No, would cross Edmonton over, be out. Me. Edmonton's yeah. out. Hey. I mean, because well, the one problem with me is that they, you know, the only team they really to me have a chance of catching because of the way Winnipeg's playing right now um, is BC. The only, and the reason I say that is, but they still have three games to two, you know. So BC's really got to find a way to get one more point than Edmonton uh, in three games than Edmonton does in two. And I mean, it'll be tough, but they've got a chance. Travis is back; they're playing well. Defense is playing well. So, you know, I mean, uh, the way they've been playing this last half of the season, I think they can do it. I, I'm not like I think Sask is going to be able to lock it up. I know they got blown out by Winnipeg, and that was uh, a difficult loss for a lot of Ryder fans to swallow. And and Zach's been having his issues. He had a really nice stretch, but he's taken some steps back recently. I still think Sask is going to be able to clinch, and I think they host the West of it semifinal. 
I, I think Winnipeg and Saskatchewan is your playoff matchup, and it's just so hard for me to see Edmonton to, to come all the way back and, and get, like, BC has got that trump card of being able to play three games to finish one point ahead of the Eskimos. I think that's that's enough for them to do it. So I've got BC crossing over, and I've got Hamilton winning the East Division, so I've got BC-Ottawa in the East Division semifinal. Yep. And, okay, so what, what are their last three games? They've got, I know they finished with us. They finish with They've us. Got two against you. Um, no, they just we just played. That that's one. right. They already played. Yeah, that one. so they already beat you. So, uh, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, you. So I mean, really, it's it's this week. They got Edmonton this week. Yep. I mean, this is this is what's going to decide everything. You know, are they at home or at Edmonton? They are at BC Place. At BC. I yeah, mean, like you said, one. they're six and one. They've been playing good there. Um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be uh, that's going to be one of those games I have my eyes glued to. You know, when I'm watching because. Uh, I mean, the way both those teams played this last week and, and what they had to fight for, that's going to be a dog fight. And, I mean, it's one of those games, you know, Travis and Mike, you're going to have to, you know, pull those guys off on a cart in order to get them to, you know, to stop playing for their team. So it's going to be uh, – that's going to be a fun one to watch, man. What do you see out East? Who do you like to win? Because, oh, like you said, it's, it's, it's basically – it's a two-game series to determine who gets to get home field in the East. Yeah, I mean, after the way Edmonton was playing, like they weren't playing well and then to come out there and smack Ottawa the way they did um, – you know, I don't see Ottawa turning that around against Hamilton two games in a row because, um, I mean, of these last two games, Hamilton's looked awesome. Masoli's looked awesome. The offense has just been, you know, and I know they played Toronto, but they've been moving the ball at will, really. They've, they've looked good. So, um, yeah, I mean, I see I see Hamilton end up taking that over. Um, Most likely thing when you look over the course of almost all sports is you split the home and home. Two weeks in a row, same right. opponent. The split's the most common outcome. And obviously. if that's the case, it works in Ottawa's favor. Because, because if they split, Ottawa's got the tie break. And they both are going to win the last week of the year if they're playing Toronto, Montreal, just yeah. reasonable expectations. Because yeah. those are their two opponents. Hamilton hosts Montreal, Ottawa hosts Toronto. Those so, two teams have three wins each and are on the road in the last week of a meaningless season. Like, Hamilton needs to sweep if they want to be in the driver's seat to clinch. And that okay. will clinch it for them. But if they split, then, it's Ottawa. then Ottawa's in the driver's seat huh. because they've got the tie break. Ottawa's won their first meeting uh, earlier this year. I think they played in week seven. So Ottawa has the tie-break advantage. So if you're yeah. tied. Really just have to sweep the home-and-home. Home. Exactly. That, sweeping the home-and-home well, home is it, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, definitely not easy. But, it, I mean. If there's one team that I think could do it right now, it's Hamilton. Uh, they've, they, they seem like they are peaking at the right time where Ottawa has been so boom and bust. And you, you talked about Edmonton going in and, and beating them the way they did. I just take a look at the Red Blacks right now. All year long, they've been peaks, right? High peaks and, and low lows. Whereas Hamilton's won five of their last seven. I believe Ottawa's lost four of their last six. So we're talking about one team that looks like they are peaking at the right time and starting to hit their stride when they need to, whereas Ottawa's still trying to figure out exactly what they are, I think. So if there's one team that I would put money on that I think would have a good chance of sweeping this home and home, I think I would lean towards the Tiger Cats right now. All right, so let me ask you, I think I probably know the answer, but uh, let's assume they split. And which team has a better chance of getting upset in the last last game of the season? I know it's not a good chance, but you've got you've got uh, Hamilton uh, hosting Montreal and you've got Ottawa hosting Toronto. I don't know enough about what Toronto Montreal are putting on the field. They've been yeah. almost unwatched. Well, I guess yeah, it's pretty. Uh, these last couple of games are really going to be you know talent evaluation for them. Um, finding out who they're going to keep. Well, and who wants to win a job, I get it, but they're also both on the road against teams that theoretically will need to win to hold their spot in the standings. Yeah. So, 
I think I probably have more faith in Hamilton closing out just yeah. because they've been the better team of late. That would be my gut would say that they would have the better team at closing. closing no, he's saying who's going who's a better chance at so upsetting who's, Montreal then or say, Toronto? Then Toronto's got the better shot okay. at upsetting yeah. Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to see what their record is this year against each other. I don't know if Ottawa, because I'm trying to think of who Toronto's gotten their three wins against. I really can't even think about. I mean, it was early in the season whenever um, whenever McLeod started. He, I think he won his first two games. One was against Ottawa. It was that last second uh, drive, threw it back shoulder to uh, uh, Armani Edwards in the back wow. corner of the end zone. That's steel trap of a memory over there. Well done. That was that was a, that was an awesome game to watch though. His first start was was pretty special. Um, yeah, man. So I mean, you heard it here. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be absolutely crazy. Keep your eyes glued to the TV because you know these next three weeks. Even though that, like we said, that you know if Ottawa or Hamilton, if they split that, um, you're only looking for an upset in the last the last week of the season. But uh, either way, in the West, you've got some pretty crazy things happening. But definitely paying attention to BC Edmonton this week. So you asked on the text line. So what do we got? We got Winnipeg finishes second and plays Calgary in the West final. Grey Cup, Calgary Hamilton. Calgary wins the Grey Cup. So there's somebody. Calgary Hamilton final. That's a nice. I, I recall that going well before. Yeah. Uh, Jordan says one Calgary, two Winnipeg, three Edmonton, four Sask, and five BC. So he's got oh, Sask falling from two to four. See, and that's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out is, and I know you said mathematically it can happen. But it's got to be pretty, pretty big for something to happen. I mean, Sass has to lose out, obviously. Yep. BC's gonna, gonna have to win. So out that means that they'd have to lose to us, and then I think we said they played BC the next week. They have uh, they host BC, and then they have a bye last week of the year. Right. So they'd have to lose to us, which give us a win. They'd have to then lose to BC. BC, which gives BC their ninth which probably guarantees them over Edmonton unless Edmonton beats them this week. But still, you have a game in hand, so all you have to do is really beat one more team after that. Yep. This is uh, a bit of chaos. Man, yeah, this is one of those. Like, like how many years? You said this is your seven. How many years is it? Like, there might be one or two battles at this point of the year. That's pretty normal, right? Yeah, because honestly, I can't remember the fifth team truly being in the race like to host. Like this. I mean, yeah, uh, to host the semifinal. Yeah. It was. Because BC was out of it by this time last year, right? Yeah. And a couple years ago, it was yeah. Sask. Um, you know, and, and a couple years before that, Winnipeg. But, um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, this is as close as it's been in a long time. And to the point where, you know, you don't. It, it, honestly, it feels like NFL right now, uh, where it feels like anybody can beat anybody, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, no matter what the predictions are, I think this is kind of the fun one for those, uh, all the media guys out there to get their predictions in that it, uh, you know, you're able to pick some upsets based off, you know, home field, based off weather, you know, what you think about that because weather definitely plays a part coming into these last three weeks and going into playoffs as well. This from Kevin says, would there be a benefit in being the crossover team? At some point, someone will win and go to the Grey Cup. I don't know it's, if there's a benefit this year. There has been in years past because the last two years it's been close, right? Yeah. Uh, Edmonton won and lost out in the East Final to – Ottawa, and then last year Saskatchewan almost beat Toronto in the East Final. So both the last two years, the West crossover team has won their first game, but then haven't been able to get over the hump in the second game. The only the only thing I'll say, and this is, I mean, it, it even feels kind of petty coming from me. Um, the only advantage is quarterback experience in the playoffs. You know, Trevor hasn't. I don't know if Trevor's played in the playoffs yet. I think he has. Because it was. Burris. I know Henry took over. Yeah, the year that they got. He would have last year. 
And then they Trevor got what? They got yeah, yeah, and they lost yeah. to Sask. Yeah. And then, so they lost to while hosting the East semifinal yeah. last yeah. year. And then I don't think Jeremiah, I don't think no, they were Jeremiah, in the playoffs Jer- last they, year. They missed no. last year. Jeremiah played well down the stretch, but they missed. So he and before that, when Caleros yeah. yeah. last time they were in. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's the only thing. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not going to say that because I respect those two guys, and I think, you know, right now, uh, you know, Hamilton's playing some of the best football out there. Um, you know, I don't think that's going to change just because it's a playoff game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, over here you have you got Mike at the bottom. You got you got Travis. You got Nichols. You got Zach, who has you know playoff and Grey Cup experience. You've got myself. Um, you know, if you stacked up the playoff games compared to the other guys on the other side, I would say that's your only advantage. And then also, if you know, God forbid, if if any injuries happen, um, that would be the only way you'd want to go east right now because the travel is not fun. And then you have you know two teams playing at home that play very well at home as well. So. Uh, no, I don't really think there's that much of an advantage going that Not way. Not this year. One yeah. year, it's going to happen one year. If the East continues to be as inferior to the West as a division as we've seen, then it's going to happen one year. I just don't know if this is the year that it plays out that way. Right, and I mean, and that's also something to say. You know, Hamilton and Ottawa both get to play Montreal and Toronto more than everybody else. You know, so that's boosting their records, and they're still at eight and seven. You know, so it's uh, it's tough to say. Um, I mean, I think Hamilton and Edmonton have been, kind of been that boomer bust team a little bit. Um, I mean, really, Ottawa has too. I mean, they're all they're they're all eight and seven, eight and eight. You know, everybody's right there next to each other, and it's just definitely the tightest years you've seen here. You know, or tightest records you've seen here in a while. So, uh, yeah, this to me has been one of the closest years in the CFL, and it's going to continue that way going all the way down to the Grey Cup. Yep. All right, we'll take a uh, quick break. When we come back, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk a little more CFL. We'll talk uh, our last game. You know what went wrong, what went right. Um, you know improvements and, and and negative things as well from uh, from our last game at home, and um, and we'll jump into a little bit of MLB there at the end. You know, because I got to talk about my Astros. Uh, so you're listening to the Bo Show on Sports at 960 The Fan. The Bo Show for SML Entertainment, pool tables, hot tubs, patio furniture, and much, much more. With four locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills, and Red Deer. Go to smlentertainment.com for details. Flames, NHL, CFL, Jays, MLB, NFL. 12 months of the year. When news breaks, we are on it first. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. This is the Bo Show. Hell yeah, yeah. On Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right, welcome back. Just got some bad news. The Astros are down 2-0. to zero. But don't worry, they're going to come back and win. We got some home run hitters. We'll make it happen. But first off... <laughs> First off, let's get uh, let's get to the BC game. Um, you know, talk to ins and outs of what happened. Um, you know, from from me uh, on field standpoint, um, it was slow, very very slow at the start. Um, you know, offensively and defensively, they kind of drove down, got a couple field goals. Uh, we didn't put anything together offensively. Um, I thought we ran the ball well in the beginning of the game, um, but didn't really connect there in the past game. And then they uh, had a punt return from. Our former receiver um, from Parker and uh, got down. To, I want to say about the you know five six yard line and and Sutton got his first rushing touchdown of the game, and um, you know took a either eleven it was either eleven zero or it was ten zero I can't remember. I don't remember. But yeah, we, yeah, we drove down, got a field goal, made it ten ten three eleven three, um, you know. But once the defense had the interception and we had the uh, when they fumbled their their punt return. 
you know, we turned both of those into, uh, you know, quick touchdowns with one of them going with a two-point conversion. And, uh, you know, we got close there at the half, uh, making it 18-20. And, you know, everybody, I think to me, felt good coming to half, felt more like we were starting, you know, starting to find ourselves. And then, you know, really coming out of half, we just still, again, you know, couldn't find the connections we needed. I think we offensively we moved the ball at times, but we, we just weren't sustaining drives and putting together long drives. It seemed like, you know, there's a detail uh, off here or there that, you know, kind of stalled the drive, got us into a second long, and in, in, in the CFL second long, uh, they're becoming harder and harder to convert because teams are dropping nine guys, and you've really got to kind of create some, um, you know, oblong plays to kind of get those. And, uh, you know, really for us, the you know, myself and the receivers, you know, we, we found some things we connected on. We found some other things we didn't. Um, you know, there was there was there was good things and bad. You know, there's there's a lot of new guys in, and with uh, you know, I thought Chris Matthews actually did a good job. I think he was he good. He had his head in the game. I think he, you know, for being there for a week, um, did a good job of, you know, being plugged in and, and kind of understanding where to line up and what routes to run. And, um, you know, of course, the details aren't going to be there yet, you know, perfectly as far as everything because we have so many different breaks you can do, you know, with hots and with, um, you know, with picking guys, things like that. Um, so many different things you can do at, at, at the position that, to me, I think, you know, I, I gave him a pretty damn good grade. I thought he did he did a very good job. and. And everybody else, I think, kind of took that extra step up, you know, this week from the last week, um, you know, just running against guys and man, making plays. Eric was back, and, and he was making plays down the field. Um, and, uh, you know, they did some good things. I mean, they pressed us and kind of just, you know, kind of got in our hip pocket and trailed guys, um, you know, kind of waiting. And, and their D-line did a better job than the last time we played them of getting pressure. And, and really that kind of forced, you know, just some quicker throws and things that we would have loved to uh, been able to take some more time on. We had some plays there that could have been big, but, uh, you know, things that just didn't play out the way we wanted to and ultimately just didn't get it done at the end of the game. Yeah, it was it was a strange game because for whatever reason, it, it just seemed like sync was, was missing. From, from this vantage point, it just seemed like you know, any time that you started to gain momentum, things would kind of just go a little bit off the rails. It wouldn't go completely sideways, but just a little. And, and I wonder, I know we, we asked you last week about getting to know new receivers and working guys in, and it, it looked like from this standpoint anyway that you know there, there's still some growing pains there, and, and guys are still learning. You talk about Matthews, it was Eric Rogers in his first game back, all that type. Of, there, there, was a lot, there was a lot there, right? And so, you know, that's... That's why I think it's good that, you know, this is happening now as opposed to right at the end of the season. I mean, obviously you don't want to have all of your receivers hurt the way they are right now, but at the very least it gives you an opportunity to work Rodgers back in, work Matthews in. You know, Markeith is getting a little bit more in terms of his rep load, and, you know, I'm curious to see how you work Bakari Grant into the conversation after signing him today. Like, it just it, you still have some time, and I know that you want to finish strong, but I wonder if as much as anything else, just getting these guys into a little bit more of a, a rhythm and a groove is the most important thing down the stretch here. I just see this as a, a war of attrition that at some point was going to show up in the win-loss column. You guys have gotten by with an incredible amount of absences to this point, and I just think it was unrealistic to think that was going to last, you know, 21 weeks or whatever the course of a yeah. season is. At some point it was going to catch up with you, and it looked like that that happened last weekend, and I'm with Pat. It, it, the, this is now an opportunity for all these new receivers to get reps, Potentially, you can get one or two guys back. Maybe we'll see. But uh, I heard your comments the other day, and I, I I feel like I'm paraphrasing. I'm obviously paraphrasing, but I, I think the sense of it was like 
we've got to like come up with who we are and figure out who we are because a lot of your identity the first half of the year those guys aren't there yeah yeah i mean it was uh it was actually it was kind of funny to you know to watch the film of the first bc game and you know you're looking at basically five different receivers yeah besides mainly brisk you know um you know, you're looking at five different guys, and, and some of the things we're doing, we're like, yeah, you know, we're doing the same things, but, um, you know, but KJ's just out there just running by guys. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, just making plays down the field that, um, you know, there's not many guys in the, you know, not just this team, but in the CFL that make those plays that he makes. So, you know, obviously those are things that we're going to miss, and we're going to have to sustain more drives, you know, be – be a little bit more boring at times, um, you know, to move the ball downfield and, and understand that, you know, there are times I took shots down the field to DeVaris, to Mark and to KJ, uh, even to Brest that, you know, that aren't there right now because, you know, we're trying to be smart and scheme and, and, and kind of find out what guys are good at rather than, you know, just relying on the deep ball and, and making plays down the field happen. But, um, you know, the guys that we have that can make plays down the field, and we haven't really given them the chance these last couple of games, but, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it caught up to us even in, in the Montreal game. Yeah, because um, yep. you just squeak by, and they're a three-win team. If you, yeah, if you play and, and they well, just, they didn't put any points shouldn't in the be board. Close. Yeah, they didn't put any mm-hmm. points in the board. If you were playing another offense that was putting points in the board, you know, it's, lost, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a different game. Um, yeah, but, you know, I thought I thought guys did better. I thought Mark Keats did better. There's still mistakes there. Um, you know, I thought – uh, I thought Eric looked good at times. At other times, he looked uncomfortable. So, you know, you want to see him getting out there and just continuing to run fast and, and feeling good about himself. Um, and, you know, even with the situation, I mean, let's be honest. You know, Eric was gone the entire week. You know, he, yeah. he had his daughter. He didn't practice one day. He wasn't there for one but day. He showed up till day of or day before? Yeah, day before. Yeah, yeah, so, like at nighttime. Yeah. So, I mean, Bresk is practicing that position the whole week. Um, you know, Eric comes in, and then Bresk goes back to R where he didn't practice the entire week. So, you know, there were there were a couple plays that, to me, are, is what stall drives when, when guys just – we just didn't have the time on the clock to, you know, make sure everybody knew what they had, and it was kind of more drop back, find something, make something happen. And uh, and to me, that's when a couple of our uh, drives stalled. So, um, you know, great first day of practice today. You know, guys looked sharp. Guys were locked in at their positions. Everybody knows what they have. And um, I think we'll start to see that upward tick, you know, when it comes to the offense and what we're trying to do. Um, I'm obviously going to do everything I always can to – you know to help progress that but you know i think i think the one thing that did look more positive to me last week ran the ball better um i thought receivers were way more physical in their blocking and don got to kind of get out uh get out a little bit he helped in the pass game as well he's even actually our leading receiver um yeah yeah which i don't know how i don't know how many years it's been since you know i had a running back leading the team and receiving so um you know that can show you you know we're trying to find things trying to create things and um and we're we're in that position right now where we don't have to you don't necessarily go out there and show everything we want to show. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's things we do that we like, but obviously we want to keep some things for playoffs. Um, that's the most important time. And, and right now we have we have the advantage to, you know, go out there and, and, and let guys run routes in man and find out what we're good at instead of, you know, just scheming up things that we see as automatic touchdowns that, you know, that maybe something, you know, we want to hold because – all three of these teams that we're playing these last couple of games, uh, SAS, Winnipeg, BC, are all teams we yeah. can all teams we can see. And they don't have that luxury. They are teams that have to win if they want home field. Uh, so it's an interesting spot to be in. You guys can protect a much greater percentage of your playbook than they can. Fair? Yeah. I mean, well, you look at Winnipeg. <laughs> I mean, they they look like uh, the Kansas City Chiefs or, or the LA Rams with some of their 
uh, with Paul LaFelice with what they're doing with some of their plays. I mean, they're, they're lined up in Wildcat running double pass. Um, you know, they've got Strever coming in to fake, you know, sweeps to run straight down the middle and short yardage. They're throwing deep shots, you know, one-on-one to, you know, the smallest guy in the field. You know, yeah. they're, they're creating a lot of things and they're doing whatever it takes to win. And, um, and it's fun to watch. It's what you want to see on an offense. Um, but, you know, right now, there, you know, we could go out there and create double pass. You know, uh, we can go out there and create reverses and things like that, and and maybe we get some yards out of it. You know, mm. but it's that's not the way you want. We want to see ourselves progress from here. Um, you know, in my opinion, we want to see ourselves progress by guys getting open and man. You know, finding their holes in zone, uh, running the ball well, seeing their hots. Um, you know, making the plays, and that's the kind of confidence I think that we really want to build right now. So. You know, whether or not the stats and things like that are there, I think we're going to look to, you know, push the ball and, and find that momentum. But, you know, we know that there's always things we can do when it comes to playoff time. Do you do you expect any of the guys out to be back at any point this season? Or are you going forward? Receiver-wise? Yeah. Man. Um, KJ's not coming back. Yeah, KJ's not coming back. Um like, does Devaris have I a chance of coming back? I, I'd say, if anybody, Devaris is probably the only one. Okay. I mean, to me, in my opinion, I mean, um, none of the guys are dressing up or anything like that. You know what I mean? They're all in street clothes. They're all out there just, just watching. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty bleak to say that anybody's going to come back. Okay. You know, so we're, we're, to us, it's, hey, go out there with the guys you have. Let's, um, you know, do everything we can. And, and it is different. I, I, I even sat down with Dave and had a talk with him. I and I said, you know, there's, there, I'm, I'm reading some things out differently than I normally would because, um, you know, KJ was a guy that, you know, if you got in man, you were going to take your eyes away and, and, you know, let him go win one-on-one because he's going to stride. And there's not many guys that can really run with him. Um, you know, so there's some things you just have to read out differently, be smarter, be more, you know, be more conscious of taking the, you know, the short yards and moving, just continuing to move the ball down the field you know, giving defense the time off because that's the one thing we do know um, that, you know, as many as much as the injuries we have had, that if we can keep the defense off the field as much as possible and keep those guys, you know, with um, with some energy and not being beat down, you know, they're going to be hard to beat. They're yeah. going to be hard to put points on. So yeah. it's, it's when we go out there and go two and out, go two and out, have a turnover in the green zone, you know, that's when things for them really start to turn around and become tough on them. So, yeah, we've got to be, you know, very smart. I think that's what Winnipeg did. I mean, if you go back and look at the uh, the stats from that game, it's not like Winnipeg dominated offensively. They Against w- the Riders? Right. Yeah, no, they not at all. They were very smart. They, they took their shots when they had them, and they hit them. You know, they hit the long one to Darvin Adams. They hit the long one to Weston Dressler. Um, but, like, if you go look at passing first downs and rushing first downs, you know, it's not like they dominated. Or even take a look at Nichols' final yardage. Nothing crazy at all. I think he had, like, 115. Yeah. And, well, I mean, he did come out of the game. You know, he came out early in the third quarter because um, they even that's took, right. they took Calaris did. out. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And they, yeah. they kind of just were thinking, hey, let's run around with Strebler and keep the ball in our hands. But the one thing I thought Nichols actually did a great job of, and it kind of sounds counterintuitive to the armchair quarterback, is he took a lot of sacks which is what you need to do against Sass sometimes. Um, rather than put the ball up? Is that what you're saying? Rather than force the ball into coverage. Because Sass is the best team in the league at reading a quarterback's eyes. I mean, all 12 guys, you know, including the D linemen, they have their eyes on the quarterback. So no matter what route you're running backside, if I throw a go ball to the right, man, you've got, you know, 
9, 10, 11, 12 guys turning and running that way. So when those balls get tipped up in the air, they're picked a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's what they really, really, really feed off of. I mean, they're probably one of the best at points off turnovers. Um, they're one of the best at creating turnovers. So if you can give them that slow death and continue to move the ball at field and be smart and run the ball on them and do well, you know, that's and what Winnipeg did and hit your shots when they're there, you know, you have a you have a great chance against Sass. And that's kind of always been the M.O. against you know, Chris Jones is don't allow him to take the game away on defense by creating turnovers. Yep. Um, okay, uh, we got a question on Twitter. Can you ask Bo why you decided to go third and three last game? Now, you could probably first off discuss who makes that decision and what your thought was. Third and three late in the game, right? Yeah, uh, and I, I want to say it was like third and one and a half, third and two. Um, it was a long third. It was, it was definitely, gamble. it was it not was third and inches. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. it was definitely not quarterback sneak worthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I want to say at that point in the game it was twenty-six to twenty-one. I'm not going to help you on this. Yeah, I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the score was twenty-six twenty-one at that point. Um, and you could take the points there, but there's it doesn't not, really help you much, does it? You well, still need to score again. You're not guaranteed to get the ball back, which we yeah, didn't. Yeah. You know, or no, we actually we did once. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I agree with the you're call. Right. You was, had to make the stop to get the ball back, right? If because BC got the first down, you weren't going to get the ball back, basically. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was in that point where it was a long field goal. Um, you know, one point kind of doesn't help us enough, and you'd have to drive down to kick a field goal to even tie the game. Um, I think we felt good about what we wanted to do. I think we felt good about the call, and and their call was just better than ours. You know, we. Um, we didn't answer exactly the way we wanted to on that play. And, and, again, that's what I was saying about details that, you know, with some of our, you know, newer, younger guys, there's going to be things that um, that aren't perfect. But, um, honestly, in, in my own personal opinion, I think I just – I could have just tried to escape to the right. Um, once they went cover zero, I know my pressure's to the left. And I thought something would clear up faster uh, to the boundary than it did. Um, you know, so I had to kind of put the ball out there late, but, you know, really hoping that something would happen. It didn't. And then, you know, knowing that if I would have just escaped to my right right now, it creates a lot more pressure on those guys. And, you know, possibly could have made a play. But, I mean, I agree with what Dave's call was to go for it right there. I think players like that. It shows faith and belief, right? Well, it shows faith and belief. It shows that we're here to win the game. We're not here to get a tie or yeah. try to play for overtime. It wants, you know, you want to be aggressive. You want to know that at times Dave's going to look at you and say, you know what? Um, I don't care what anybody else out there is saying about our offense. I have faith in my offense to go out there and get this done. Mm -hmm. Um, And we didn't. But, you know, that's what you want, and that's the chances you need to take coming down to playoffs. And quickly before we hit the break, uh, Troy, who uh, is listening, he uh, reports over at the uh, Cochrane Eagle, in fact, mm. uh, did uh, correct us. Nice. Uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli has two playoff starts. He went 1-1 one and one in 2015, uh, beat Toronto in the semifinal, then lost to Ottawa in the uh, East Final. Remember that crazy game that Greg Ellingson won late? It went back and forth, and oh, finally Ottawa wow. won. Mazzoli was in that game. So he went one and one as a starter in 2015 in the postseason, and I mean, really should have been two and zero. Oh. Yeah, they could have easily <laughs> won that game. That was, uh, yeah, that was one of those where you look at the two DBs and you couldn't believe how they didn't make a play on that ball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely one of those games you'll never forget. Um, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, going into, you know, playoffs, you're not looking at, you're not looking at a bleak quarterback situation anywhere across the board. You know, I don't think. Uh, again, like I said, God forbid, barring injuries. Um, I think in the past we've gotten to the point where at the end of the season there's been a playoff team or two that, you know, have lost their quarterback. They've been in flux, you know, SAS last year with playing, um, you know, KG or playing Bridge. Bridge. Yeah, it was, you know, back and forth and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody's kind of got their guy. They're rolling with them, and, uh, and I think that's going to make for a lot of great games coming down here through the stretch. 
All right, we'll take another break. When we come back, we will finish up. You know, uh, ask us any questions you want. Text at 960-960. Let us know if there's anything you want to know coming up playoffs, coming up these last couple games, any situations, any questions you have about our last game or our game coming forward here uh, with Saskatchewan. Uh, if not, we'll head to baseball. You're listening to the Bow Show. 2-2. Runner goes. And a swing and a line drive into right center. Base hit. Altuve is in. Gurriel to third. And it's an RBI single for Marlon Gonzalez. Astros are on the board. Back to the Bow Show for SML Entertainment. One, two, three. On Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right, welcome back to the third and last segment here. At uh, We are live at Lexus of Calgary. Uh, you know, come check out the cars. Come come talk some sports. Let us know what you want to talk about. Um, I know we've got some text on the text line, but uh, I believe the Astros just scored off that last little clip we heard. Uh, so we are sitting at 2-1 right now. Uh, yeah, and if you want to, go ahead and shoot me shoot me a text, 960-960. Let me know the predictions of what you think between uh, – Milwaukee, L.A., and Boston, Houston, and, uh, and maybe even the, the winner of the the World Series. Um, all right, so we talked uh, we talked some you know last game what we had. We we'll talk a little bit what we have coming up. Uh, to me, we have you know the game for us that not only can we clinch, but we can um, you know we have a great game against a team that has been kind of that arch rival as far as um, you know regular season. We haven't lost a lot of games these last couple of years, but they've consistently been a team you know that we've you know, split our season series with go two and one, one and two. Um, so looking forward to this game against Sass because we had a great game out there. Our first game, uh, second game, they kind of had our number. And even though we made our way back, they still finished it strong. Um, both those games being played at Sass. So definitely looking forward to having them at home this week, you know, being able to, uh, you know, have our crowd be the loud one, making it, you know, a little bit tougher on their offense as well. And, um, you know, making it tough on their defense to communicate as well as they always do. So, uh, looking forward to that. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a tight one. Um, you know, SAS to me right now is is one of the the tighter defenses. You know, detail wise, and, and what they do is man, they just they move guys all over the field. You know, they've got DNs playing um, safety. You know, last game they had a DN playing corner. Uh, you know, they're gonna move guys all over the field, try and get you confused. Mm-hmm. You know, make you run hot routes when you're not supposed to. Make you think you're protecting when you're not. And uh, you know, really just trying to make you make mistakes and. You know, that's why I think Winnipeg really did get out to that uh, that big win they had, 31-0, I believe it was. Boy, that was a beating. Yeah. I remember just tuning in midway, and I'm like, holy, this is not what I expected. And it wasn't like, here come the riders in the second half. That was all day. Man, yeah. I mean, it was it was really those, the unfortunate the slant route that, you know, Big Hill, what he's been doing all year is, is yep. just getting the football out. You know, whether he's been picking a guy off or he's been ripping the football out. Uh, I mean, last week, two weeks ago, he did it. You know, in crunch time, Ottawa's driving down to either tie or win the game, and he rips the ball out yep. of, uh, you know, Sinopoli's hands. When it looks like Sinopoli's going to score. Um, so just been making plays like that. But, yeah, he fumbles the ball out. Guy catches it midair. Gator catches it midair. Takes it 45 yards for a touchdown. You know, then they score a 72-yard touchdown. Then another pick. Then they go down, score a touchdown with Adams on the uh, – or, sorry, um, Dressler on the uh, short yardage play. So um, one thing I thought Winnipeg did really well, and I said that, is, is Matt protected the football. Uh, they confused the riders with misdirection, kind of got kind of got things going uh, every which way. Um, you know, got their DBs talking, their linebackers talking, making it a little bit more tough on them. You know, but didn't, didn't just go out there and 
and dominate on offense. They it was a full team, special team defense, offense that scored, and I think that's what made the biggest difference. Yep. You want some questions on the text line? Yeah, let's see what we got. All right. Uh, love listening to the show, Bo. Longtime Stavs fan. Who do you want to play in uh, play the least in the West Final? Who's the team that scares you the most right now? There's a good uh, poster board uh, locker room yeah, clip coming yeah. here, Bo. What do you got um, for us? All right, man. Let me see. Well, I'll all he's be... all he's got to say is the most the most scary team. Doesn't have to say anything else about the other. Yeah, team. not who do you who do you want to play the most? Um, it's the opposite. Okay. Yeah. So, so scariest team right now playing the best. I mean. Shoot, Winnipeg's won four straight. Um, to me, I, I, I mean, I'd probably say Winnipeg. They're they're doing great things on offense. I think they've won. Man, I want to say four out of the last five, five out of the last six, but uh, they've won four straight. Um, to me, I think injury-wise, things like that, they're probably the most blessed right now. Like they, they're still starting. You know, nearly the same roster they have been all season. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they've—they're probably the team right now that you know is really, you know, putting everything together from every standpoint. You know, I mean, Sask. If if you'd asked me last week, I'd have said Sask because Sask, um, mm-hmm. you know, been playing great defensively, getting turnovers nonstop. Zach's really coming into his own. And then and then you know you have a game like last week where it looks the opposite. Uh, like, you know, the defense gives us some big plays. Zach doesn't have a great game. Now everybody starts, you know doing what they do in the CFL, start saying, oh, they're going the opposite way. Uh, it was just one bad game. But I'd say Winnipeg right now is probably playing the best in the West. Um, and then you have Hamilton in the East right now, where I'd say he's playing the best as well. Uh, asking this question, just so you guys don't talk about baseball, do you <laughs> think you could play quarterback for the 49ers? I think I could play quarterback for any team. Um, you know, I don't, I don't personally feel like I'm a system guy. It's not a... You know, I can I can drop back and throw the ball 50 times, or I can you know run I formation offense and play action kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of offense I think I can run. Can I amend that answer? Yeah. Anyone except the Rough Riders, please. Okay. Somebody, somebody <laughs> I can play. I can play for anybody. Says there was that. this question that says, "Bo, when will you come to your senses and join the Riders?" But I figured that I wouldn't. I wouldn't read. That well, that one. clears it up perfectly right yeah, there. there you Thank go. you, Bo. Know the um, answer to that question. Can you ask Bo where is his choice for the closest thing to Texas barbecue in Calgary? Oh. Oh yeah, I always say the same thing. Hayden Block. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the guy that used to own it, run it. Um, you know, he would go down to Texas, go down to Austin, you know, kind of see things they did differently, and he'd throw his own little um, you know, his own little twist on it. But, uh, you know, Greg, the guy running over there right now, is doing the same thing. I mean, I, I love everything they have. They're, like, if I take the O-line to eat, that's where I take them. Um, if I take the family to eat, that's where I take them. Uh, and it took what's me a couple your, years to find it. What's your go-to there? And honestly, the first thing I try to get is the burnt brisket ends. Yeah? Yeah, it's not on the menu, but it's something you can ask for, and they usually sell out burnt at some point. Burnt brisket ends? Yeah. Yeah, so it's something. Wow. Yeah, if you get brisket, it's just kind of like that, and, and it's because it's it's, you know, how do you price it? It's it's a lot of fat, but it's the meat on the outside, but it's got the most flavor. I mean, yeah. it's, it's something you kind of more or less get as an appetizer and have a couple pieces of it. Okay. Yeah, but it's um definitely a definitely so, a must do if you haven't done it. I'm all about the turkey breast. There, it is. It is out of control. Seriously. Yeah. And you owe Patty a little bit of And so I what do. I need Kron, to do? And Kron still owes me. Okay, so, so I need to Kron get. Owes me. I need yeah. to get Bo Levi vulnerable, get him in a bet spot so I can get some Hayden Block. Then we're all go. It's perfect. Then I just take Don't bring Kron. He's going to eat it. everything. <laughs> just disappear. Like, who's evaporating the food here? Man, I, I, honestly, I feel like since the bets, we haven't been back in studio. That's, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, hockey season, man. Speaking of. Yeah. Speaking of fantasy football, last week. <laughs> I don't want to talk I think about I scored it. like 170 <laughs> points. 
It was something ridiculous. Oh, no, this league only scored 130. It was my family league. I scored like 170. Just everybody on the team went off. And then the Stamps League, my team is terrible. I scored 60 points this week in the Stamps League. Boy, I'd talk a bit about our league, but it's lonely at the top, man. No one no one to listen. No one nearby. <laughs> are, you at, are you at the top? Oh, easy. <laughs> I like. I've stopped. Lo- I've stopped looking at the standings. So I just scored like I'm sixty not- points less than me and Bo. I lost week one, record, so. and I'm You're on a five game five in a row. Game. I'm rolling. It wasn't I'm, pretty last week, but we'll take the W. I'll go ahead and mention who has who's number two and scored the most points in the entire league. I think that's you. probably you. Yeah. yeah, there you go. It's been a it's been a good year so far. Yeah, and there's finger cooking with Bill back at the station. One game back, uh, McBride's hanging in, and whoever is running. Kron's team seems to know what they're doing because it I don't can't know be how. him. They got a Who minus changed their five team name to Mean Machine? That's uh, Logue. But yeah. Ah. That's a good point on the, the point differential there, Bill. I didn't notice that. Holy. Although <laughs> yeah, McBride's yeah, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, right. It's big. You want to get one last, uh, one or two last questions in here before we. Uh, okay. Uh, where does Bo cut his hair? <laughs> where do I cut my hair? Uh, social. Social on 17th Ave. Okay. Does Bo want the Olympics? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, new stadium. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what if it, what if they come without a new stadium? What's oh, your answer man. then? No, I, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's self-serving. I, I, do, jerk. <laughs> I, I, I do want to see Winter Olympics up close, man. It's you know, I, it's something I've I've always wanted to see. Just um, you know, because you think you can snowboard until you go see real people snowboard. So <laughs> I want to go see some big, you know, big air tricks and kind of go watch some of that. Go to Beijing in 2022. And finally, your picks for NFL team: who's winning the AFC, who's winning the NFC? Oh, oh man! Um, How good was that Sunday game? Oh my gosh! Just amazing. One of those two teams then, will play for the Super Bowl: uh, Kansas City or New England? Yeah, I think they have to. Yeah. Um, but what about Aaron Rodgers? Does he have uh, anyone just, else on that roster? Aaron Rodgers Holy. is just amazing. Uh, I mean, what he was doing, I had my, my brother just texting me the entire time, just like, oh, he's watching Aaron Rodgers. That fourth this quarter guy. was out of control. Yeah, it reminded me of week one when he moved the ball against the Bears. He, just, he just does things. Like, one leg. Yeah. One leg. It's just like, okay, I'm going to go win the game now, and no one's going to be able to stop me. Sorry, guys. All right, well, I do wonder, though. I mean, it was because even – even with what happened in that game, I think uh, Mahomes was off early Agreed. and doing some things he doesn't normally do. Um, you know, there were some balls in the dirt, things like that. Like, you know, I think he he kind of hyped himself up as that first game against Tom Brady. Um, you know, I think that's different going into playoffs. So uh, I would love, I would love, love, love to see those two fighting against each other to go to the Super Bowl um, to get a rematch of that game. Yep. Because, yeah, Kansas City, Kansas City and New England, one of those two teams go um, – I'm gonna go off the rails, and I'll say I'll say Kansas City takes it over New England. Whew. I just right. NFC side at some point, man. Just <laughs> New England's got to stop going to the Super Bowl at some point. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, there's no one in the NFC that's that's off to a great start. The LA I mean, Rams outside well, of the Rams, outside obviously. Of, yeah. I mean, the outside best team in the league. And then, but I after mean, that, you got New Orleans is New four Orleans, and one though. coming off by, and then after that, we're like, and New Orleans is playing what? good. I mean, there who was their one loss? They lost uh, week one. Oh, no, to they almost Tampa lost Bay. to Cleveland. They lost to Tampa. Week one, yeah. Fitz Magic, where they still yeah. scored yeah. what forty three points. Lost like forty three. Yeah. They were down by twenty four, and they ended up losing. They by six. should have been zero two to start the year. Cleveland helped That's them right. out. They yeah. gassed right. their kicker after, but have, since then have been a, a real sound football. Cleveland point. almost beat them, and then yeah, since that yeah. point, it's been yeah. I, mean, I think out. New Orleans has always been up there, barring injury. You know, they've just they've they've yep. lost Ingram late or Kamara, or they lose Michael Thomas. So I mean, I think those guys stay healthy. I think New Orleans can make a push, but. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's boring, but it's true. I mean, you, I right. can't see anybody beating L.A. right now. No, so complete. Okay. Can I say Houston at some point? They won three in a row. <laughs> and, by the way, are co-leaders of that horrible division. Yes. It's a bad, whole the best bad division, group The best in division in football, everybody. Uh, it's something. All right, guys, appreciate you all. Top City, hell yeah. That'll do it for the Bo Show, brought to you by SML Entertainment, pool tables, hot tubs, patio furniture, and much, much more with five locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills, and Red Deer. Go to smlentertainment.com for details. Up next, well, he was the story throughout all of training camp, but now the NHL regular season is underway. So what are we seeing now? That's how we'll kick off the Daily Calgary Flames Roundtable around the corner. Live from Lexus of Calgary, Pinder and Steinberg resumes next. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Pinder and Steinberg, brought to you by Glenmore Audi. The Fall for Audi sales event is on. Lease or finance an entirely new 2018 with rates starting from 0.9%, plus savings up to $3,000 on select models. Don't wait.